Springtime can feel like a small eternity unless you appreciate every day for the blessing it truly is. It's no secret that you'll find that on Weather Jazz. Now, here's Andre. Welcome to Weather Jazz. It's Monday. This is a world audience podcast about anything and everything, weather, science, earth science, and even off-topic episodes. Now, today we'll be kind of mixing and matching, and there is a little crossover, if you will, on one slight off-topic, but there's enough weather component to it where it fits beautifully on this meteorological Monday. I am your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz Podcast, Andre Bernier, and I am the senior meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio. This is episode number 319 for a snowy Monday here in Northeast Ohio, April 18, 2022. Now, you know, snow in April is not so unusual. Of course, it might be if you were a little farther south, but that's not the case. But the snow and the sleet started as rain here in northeast Ohio earlier this morning. We had a pretty sunrise just before the clouds began to thicken up. That sunrise was a real narrow window. I think I wandered downstairs into our kitchen just as the sun was illuminating the clouds in a very pretty way. And within 10 minutes, the sun, well, it was gone. And I checked everything, and sure enough, here comes a wave of precipitation. And we were cold enough where temperatures were going to host that mixed amalgam. It started off as rain, but very quickly, with the evaporative cooling effect of the rain shield, It pulled temperatures down close to the freezing mark, and that's when things started to happen. We started seeing the rain mix with sleet first, and then suddenly and periodically, big, big snowflakes. And some of the snowflakes are actually accumulating on the grassy surfaces and on deck tops where the cold air has surrounded the surface and therefore cools a little faster and can actually host some of that accumulating snow. The ground itself is too warm. It is uh, the recipient of uh, some of the insulation, even though it is overcast. You still get some of the shortwave radiation pushing through the clouds and converting to just enough heat on some of the ground surfaces to prevent the snow from accumulating. So this is really the ideal kind of snow for travelers because it just doesn't accumulate on roadways. That's a good thing. Well, on Friday, if you recall, I had a very special episode of Weather Jazz where I pulled an archive from season one way back in 2009. My guest at that time was the one and only Dick Goddard who is essentially the dean of meteorology. 
In fact, his name still adorns and probably will adorn our weather center for quite some time. It's what we call the Dick Goddard Weather Center, and you can see that whenever we do weathercast from the Weather Center on Fox 8 News. Well, I certainly had a lot of positive feedback, and I'd like to read one of the pieces of feedback that is actually on weatherjazz.com. It comes from one of our ardent supporters, Rose Moore from Ohio, whom, by the way, is a writer in her own right. And here's what she writes. Well, I should have known why I kept walking into woolly bear caterpillars all week. What a great podcast to listen to. Your archival return to Dick Goddard. I loved it. Not surprising that an old-timer Ohioan like myself would get such a kick out of it. Heck, I remember Wally Canan the weatherman. Dick Goddard was a delight for an old news hen like myself to run into. No one was more fun to interview in those days. I remember telling him that. And within a few days, I received a stuffed envelope by mail filled to the brim with Wooly Bear stickers and a note from the king of Wooly Bear stickers himself, Goddard himself, saying he had never sent out so many to anyone and he might have to borrow them back. I'll listen again to that podcast, Andre. It was a pleasure. Rose, thank you so much for a wonderful note. You can also add your comments by simply going to weatherjazz.com. And click on the comments section, and it will show up as soon as I approve it, unless you've already had something approved in the past, in which case it'll just automatically appear. That's the way the website works. I'm going to take a short break right here. When we come back, we're going to talk about weather and the history of the Boston Marathon. For those of you that like to run, it's no secret that the Boston Marathon ran today. I was actually listening to it on WBZ Radio. That's the radio station out of Boston through TuneIn in the Tesla, which was kind of fun. Well, when we come back, I'll talk a little bit about the surprises in meteorology over the history of the Boston Marathon. Don't go away. We'll be right back. We're back and we're talking about the Boston Marathon. It ran today and it's the first time in its normally scheduled spot, which by the way, just in case you didn't know, is the third Monday in April. And of course, April can be a really, really fickle month, not only in the Ohio Valley, but really anywhere in the northern states or the northern part of the United States. Lots of fast weather changes, as we're going to find out here in just a second. But today's running was the first time that the Boston Marathon has returned to its traditional third Monday in April since the pandemic began. In 2020, it was canceled. 2021, it was postponed. And that was run in mid-October. So this year, it goes back to its third Monday in April, and the weather has been really quite stunning. I was listening to WBZ Radio in Boston, 
on my way to and from working out this morning and listening to everyone comment how gorgeous the weather was and how they were very pleased that the running of the marathon was today and not tomorrow because tomorrow's forecast with a rather vigorous storm center heading in, they're anticipating a heavy driving rain, cold temperatures and wind gusts in Boston which will perhaps go between 40 and 50 miles per hour. And parts of the South Coast from Providence to New Bedford to the Cape will see wind gusts close to 60 miles per hour tomorrow. That'll be something to watch. But that's certainly not the case today. Today, bright sunshine and a very light headwind from the east. Apparently, that's what runners like because you tend to get overheated pretty fast without some kind of breeze going past you and temperatures were ideal, according to most runners. So when did the Boston Marathon begin? It actually began in the year 1897, and the event was actually inspired by the success of the first marathon competition in the 1896 Summer Olympics. The Boston Marathon is the world's oldest annual marathon and ranks as one of the world's best-known racing events. So what about the weather on that third Monday in April in Boston? As we mentioned, this is the month where we can see certainly some wild extremes. And boy, were there ever in the history of the Boston Marathon. Just for this example, I'm going to start in 1905, long before virtually every one of us was born, really. What was the weather like in 1905? It was actually one of the warmest. Okay, let's use the word hottest, because in this particular case, hot certainly would be an appropriate word. In 1905, the temperature during the Boston Marathon reached, are you ready for this, 100 degrees Fahrenheit. That's no joke. But the story doesn't stop here because it was just two years later. In 1907, we went from 100 degrees to occasional snow on the third Monday of April. In 1908, snowflakes and occasional drizzle. In 1909, it goes back into the very hot category. It was 97 degrees. In 1925, cold wind, snowflakes. 1927, 84. Uh, We'll skip ahead to 1952, 84. That's a very warm year. Anytime it goes into the 60s, 70s, 80s, A lot of runners find that very, very uncomfortable. In 1961, there were snow squalls in the air, 39 degrees. In 1967, there were snow squalls greeting the runners. Let's move into the 1970s. In 1970, that's when I was 11 years old, actually would have been 10 going on 11 the next month. It was 38 degrees with a driving rain mixed with sleet, not very fun conditions. While in 1976, when I was approaching my 17th birthday, it was 96 degrees. Another very, very hot year for the Boston Marathon and essentially near record temperature 
for that particular year and date. Let's give you a few more, and we'll start with every year beginning in 2010, a little over 10 years ago. In 2010, it was a near-perfect 49 degrees with dry air. In 2011, 55 degrees, also equally great for runners. A little toasty in 2012, it hit 87 degrees. But in 2013, back in the 50s. 2014, that's about as toasty as most runners like to see, 63. But in 2015, here we go again, another memorable day with a driving rain and windy and 44 degrees. It goes to almost perfect in 2016, 61 degrees. A little toasty for runners in 2017. It was 73 that day. And then here we go again, 2018. Another drenching rain with a strong wind. This time it was 43 for the maximum temperature during any part of the race. In 2019, that was the most recent year aside from this year where it was still held on the third Monday in April in 2019, 63 degrees. There were light to heavy showers and even some thunderstorms in the air. Now, obviously, in 2020, we know that the pandemic canceled it. But had the race gone on as planned, it was a near perfect 60 degrees. But there were strong winds and local thunderstorms periodically interrupting things in the Boston area. In 2021, what should have been Marathon Day, it was 51 degrees, but it was postponed last year to October 11th. And they had a high temperature of 59 degrees with just a little morning drizzle. Again, that's almost as perfect as you can get for runners. This year, bright and sunshiny temperatures were in the 50s, and the runners really, really enjoyed that. So if you're a runner, how in the world do you train for the Boston Marathon, especially given the fact that the weather can be so unpredictable? Well, given the fact that the wild temperature range will meet all of the runners, given enough of these marathons, your best bet is to train for extremes so that you'll be prepared for no matter what you may encounter on that particular day. In addition to training in hot and cold weather, it's also a good idea to train in heavy rain, sleet, and yes, even snow and strong wind. And by the way, high humidity is probably a pretty good idea too. doesn't matter what temperature range that would be because Boston traditionally is a place that is loaded with moisture. Why? Because they're so close to the ocean and frequently will have that east wind, especially in the springtime months. Oh, and don't forget that the Boston Marathon Races course is very hilly, so it's probably a good idea to train in a place that has a lot of hills, especially late in that 26.2-mile stretch. Well, are you a runner, and have you ever run the Boston Marathon? I would love to interview you sometime right here on Weather Jazz. Make sure you drop me a line, weatherjazz at yahoo.com, or you can call my Weather Jazz podcast audience connect line, and the number is 234-525-5888. Leave me your name, 
and a callback number, and we'll get in touch with you and get you on Weather Jazz and get your take as a runner on the Boston Marathon or any marathon. It doesn't necessarily have to be the Boston Marathon, but if it's 26.2 miles, it's a marathon. I would love to hear from you. Have you ever done one or have you done more than one? And what kind of advice would you give? All kinds of questions I have for you. So please send me an email or send me a voicemail and we'll get you on Weather Jazz just as soon as we are able. Well, we have Science Wednesday coming around and we will be going back to Saturn. Now, last week we talked about the planet itself, but this week we'll be talking about the many, many moons of Saturn and some of the curiosities of the moons as well, followed by next Wednesday when we look at the ring system of Saturn. And that is really a fascinating topic. Both are really. And uh, so we're going to revisit Saturn coming up on Wednesday. Hope to see you then. In the meantime, enjoy the snow. Why do I say that? Because most of the time, this is the kind of snow that will never accumulate on road surfaces. Let's hope that stays the same. Have a great day, everybody. We'll talk to you on Wednesday. Weather and science across the globe.